C is for communication. Of course it is. Communication is number one in the charts of the things you must do to make a relationship work. You'll hear so many people talk about it. You'll hear couples who've been married several years say that communication is the key. To the point where it's kind of irritating to hear the word, to be honest. But in my own personal experience, despite the fact that I didn't want to really hear that and I felt that I communicated very well with my fiancé at the time um, and my my now husband, um, it's true. It is essential. What I want to emphasise here is that dating is a practice run for marriage. There'll be many aspects that you won't discover until you are married, but communication is something that you can begin to build from now. In your dating stage, you can begin to communicate with your partner and and, and learn how to communicate with your partner in this season so that you are well rehearsed and more ready for the next season. But communication is more than just talking. Of course, you would have heard this. You would have heard this. But I encourage you to practice this in your own relationship. Aside from just the talking to each other, what about listening? Now, you would say, well, of course, if someone's talking, then I'm listening. But are you? Are you really listening to what they're saying? Are you listening to the words that they're not speaking? Hmm, pause. When you think about the phrases or the terminology or the examples or the testimonies or the stories that people share with you, they don't always use all of the words to describe how they're feeling or what their fears are or what their concerns might be or how elated they feel about something. Especially if you're with someone who uses a lot of slang words or isn't someone who uses many words to describe any one thing. We've all heard the phrase or, you know, certain um, expressions where someone would say, I just felt, mm. well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Now, obviously, the longer you're with the person, you probably begin to understand exactly what they mean. But being able to listen doesn't always mean that you will be given all of the words that you need to be able to understand what is being said. Of course, we've heard the phrase as well that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So you listen more than you speak. But quite often we don't. Are you one of those people who just waits for a convenient pause so that you can fill in the gaps with what you have to say? If you are that person, it can often feel like the person speaking, they will feel quite dismissed because they've just said, you know, 50 to 60 words and you've not heard any of it. The response that you're giving isn't relative to what they've just said. It's not responsive to what they've just said. So they can feel dismissed. What about the body language? If I'm talking to you and your eyes are on the floor and you're picking at something on your on your lap or you're fiddling with something on the table or I'm talking to you and your eyes are flitting all around. I'm in a restaurant and you're so busy watching the waitress or the waiter or the, you know, the new customers that are coming in the door. 
then your body language is telling me that you're not remotely interested in what I'm saying to you. If you are playing with your phone when I'm speaking to you, you're not interested in what I'm saying to you. You're not engaging in what I'm saying to you. What about responses? We all naturally respond when people are speaking to us, but some more than others. But if someone is saying something to you that you don't want to hear, we can sometimes naturally close down and sometimes intentionally not respond in any way because we want them to A, to stop talking and B, to stop telling us what to do or C, stop highlighting all the things you just did wrong, whatever it might be, just stop, stop. And if we're being responsive, it's almost like encouragement, isn't it? It's encouragement to carry on. So we don't do that because we want you to stop. And the person listening maybe needs to heed that. They need to understand that if the person isn't being responsive, then maybe you've gone on for too long or the content isn't interesting or it's a bit difficult or painful to hear. There's so many reasons why people don't respond the way that you might like them to. What is the content of your communication? When I say the content, are you speaking facts or are you communicating your feelings? If you spend most of your time just talking about what happened at work or what's happening with your friends or within your family, you know, um, whether it's gossip or not gossip, whether it's just information or the person has literally said, how was your day? You might find that most of your communication is just stating the facts, talking about what's gone on, talking about what's about to happen. But not much of it is about how you feel about what's gone on. It's important to be able to communicate how you feel as well as what the facts are, because otherwise it just becomes a bit like a newsreel. You're not discovering anything about your partner because if you line four people up and tell them all to say the same sentence to you and it's all the same information, you're just getting information. It doesn't matter who says it. But if you line those same four people up and say to them, tell me how you feel about A, B, C and D. They're more likely to all give you a different answer because of their makeup, because of their feelings, because of their concerns, because of their opinions. And that's where you want to get to in your relationship with the person that you're dating, beginning to go a little bit deeper and understanding how they feel about certain things so that you can learn so much more about them. It's up to you to study and discover more about your partner the most you can and I'm not talking about their history and the stuff they've got up to and the things that they've done in their past so that you can judge them or hold it against them or you know make them feel as if they're just not good enough I'm not talking about that at all I'm talking about the feelings around the everyday stuff so that you can discover where to take them on holiday when the time comes or what sort of things they like you to buy for them and how it makes them feel. I have to admit, I'm one of those people. I'm not someone who enjoys receiving flowers, for example. I don't dislike it. But the minute I receive them, 
mainly because they're going to die soon, but also because I now have to work <laughs> at getting out the vase, filling it up, chopping the edge of the, the stems, making sure they're arranged nicely and whatever. And, and then they're gone. I much prefer to receive something that I can keep because I'm very, very um, attached and I link items to occasions or who, who gave it to me and at what time and for, for what reason. And so my feelings towards flowers is different to somebody else who will receive a bunch of flowers and be ever so touched. And they love the fact that they can see them every day and remember the occasion that that they were given to them for. And so me and that person have very, very different feelings towards being given that particular gift. That's where you want to get to with your partner. Dig deeper and discover why.